we'll sing about our friend in Jesus. Everybody has trials and temptations. Everybody knows heartbreak, isolation. But we can lay our burdens down. Lay our burdens down. Lay our burdens down. What a friend we have in Jesus. East to west, my sins are gone. I see grace on every horizon. has fear. Everybody's got worry. Everybody knows sorrow, devastation. We can lay our burdens down. Lay our burdens down. What a friend we have in Jesus. East to west, my sins are gone. I see grace on every horizon, and forever and ever his heart is my home. No more betrayal, for he is faithful. He fills me up, and my cup runneth over. No more betrayal, for he is faithful. How he has proven it and over. No more betrayal, for he is faithful. He fills me up, and my cup runneth over. No more betrayal, for he is faithful. How he has proven it over and over. Over and over. What a friend we have in Jesus. He's to west my sins are gone. I see grace Good morning. Please be seated and welcome. It's a great to see everyone this morning and welcome to Cross Timber. It's a great day to be in the house of the Lord and what a great reminder of the friend that we do have in Jesus. So whether you're visiting for the first time or you've been here for a long time, it is great to see you and we are excited about worshiping with you this morning, whether we're singing or are praying together or studying God's word together. You may have noticed from the, from the video, if you made it in here on time, that today begins our week of prayer for North American missions, um, our Annie Armstrong Easter offering. And just as the video um, said, there is a need for, for missionaries, um, not only throughout the world, but right here in North America. So in your, your worship bulletin, which is yellow this morning, you'll see a little fold-out guide that looks just like this, and it gives you... Um, a little story and some prayer points for each day of this week to participate 
in the week of prayer. So I hope you'll choose to take one of these with you. And if you are a husband and a wife and you say you want one for your own, I'm sure we have some extras back there on that center table. But be sure and pick one of these up. And just as a reminder, our goal for our church um, is $3,500. And we'll be collecting that um, through through Easter. So just pray and, and see what the Lord would have you to give. If you're visiting this morning, it's it's great to have you with us. It's our, our pleasure that you would join us for worship, and um, we hope you would find us warm and welcoming, and hope you enjoy the service. Um, if you would like to find out more information about our church or have any questions, there's a card in the bulletin that looks like this. It's called a, we call it a connect card, but you can ask questions, you can share information, you can share prayer requests. If you do have a prayer request, just let us know if it's okay to send that out over our church email or whether you'd rather us not do that, and we'll honor your request. Let me just make note of a couple of other things before um, we read together. We're going to read from Psalm um, 111. Um, The first thing is just to let you know, um, this Thursday evening, 6 o'clock, ladies, is Ladies Connect on March the 10th, and um, Deborah will be telling you a little more about that at the end of the service, but just mark your calendars, make plans to be there. Ladies, and then also next Saturday evening, before you go to bed, you need to do something very important and very sad, and that is to take your clock and to set it forward one hour. Um, It is that spring forward for daylight savings time. And we uh, enjoy the extra hour of daylight at the expense of a little uncomfortableness for a while until our bodies adjust. But just remember that, or um, your arrival at church may be a little uncomfortable next week, depending on how you choose to set your clock. Psalm 111 um, is where we'll read from this morning, and the, the title that my Bible has is, Great Are the Works of the Lord. And as we read this together, and as we prepare to, to pray and receive our offering, just Focus with me as we read these words on the the greatness, the mightiness of our God, His care for His people, His love, His grace, His mercy, and His salvation. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart and the company of the upright in the congregation. Great are the works of the Lord, studied by all who delight in them full of splendor and majesty in His work, and His righteousness endures forever. He has caused His wondrous work to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. He provides food for those who fear Him. He remembers His covenant forever. He has shown His people the power of His works and giving them the inheritance of the nations. The works of His hands are faithful and just. All His precepts are trustworthy. They are established forever and ever to be performed with faithfulness and uprightness. He sent redemption to His people. He has commanded His covenant forever. Holy and awesome is His name. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who practice it have a good understanding. His praise endures forever. Will you pray with me? Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus, and we do say holy and awesome is your name. We thank you that you are eternal and you rule a kingdom that is eternal, that is established and will last forever. We thank you that you're faithful and you're just, you're trustworthy. We thank you that you're powerful and you're mighty and you're majestic. 
But at the same time, Lord, we thank you that you are merciful and gracious. That you're full of steadfast love. And when we look around and we see the greatness of your works and the mightiness of of mountains and oceans and the beauty of flowers and, and plants and in the wonder of the animals and then in the, in the creation of men and women. Lord, we look at our own lives and we think that you created us for a purpose, that you know every hair on our head and you know all about us inside and out, and yet you love us anyway. And we're so grateful for that. And we're grateful for the opportunity to come before you this morning to pause and pray and ask your hand to guide us as we worship that we would worship you in spirit and in truth. That you would help our hearts to focus, our minds to focus. That we would limit distractions and we would turn our thoughts toward you. And Lord, we thank you that because of your power and your majesty, that you rule over all creation, that nothing is outside of your control. And so when we see struggles and conflicts in our world, Like in the Ukraine, we trust that you're in control. When we see hunger and sickness and famine, Lord, in parts of Africa and around the world, we trust that you are in control. When we look at our own nation and we see divides around political lines and and thoughts, Lord, we trust that you're in control. And so, Lord, when our mind would rather rush to worry or to fret or complain, Father, we ask that your spirit in us would draw us to the place of prayer and that we would call out to you because you and you alone have the solutions to the problems of this world. Lord, we know that this world is filled with struggles and pain and heartache. Lord, our world is damaged and wrecked because of sin. But Lord, we thank you that you're going to come again and make all things new. And while we wait, you're making the hearts and lives of men and women new by the power of your Spirit through salvation in Jesus' name. So, Lord, help us to be faithful to pray. Help us to be faithful to go and to tell and to give. And, Lord, we thank you for that privilege. Help us to not take it lightly. And, Lord, as we prepare to receive our offerings and our tithes, we ask that you would take those and multiply them. Use them to work your good for your kingdom in this place and around the world. Lord, help us to realize that, Lord, that you don't just want our, our money or our time, you want our lives. And Lord, help us to offer our bodies as living sacrifices as well. Thank you for this morning. We look forward to our time together. We pray your blessings in Jesus' name. Amen.
have a Bible with you or want to use your phone, just join in turning over to Colossians chapter 1. We'll be reading some verses from that in just a moment. We turn to God's Word together. Colossians chapter 1, and we'll start reading for verse 15 in just a moment. We could say with a great deal of confidence, at least in church among Christians, that Jesus is the the center of our faith. In fact, without Jesus, His life, His death, His burial, and His resurrection, we wouldn't be called Christians um, today. In fact, the Bible teaches us that without that resurrection, we would have no salvation, no hope. Our, our faith would be worthless. But we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and now He has ascended and sits at God the Father's right hand. But people all around us today have a lot of questions about this person, Jesus. Who is Jesus, and what is he doing right now? Or maybe even, is he real? Is he what the Bible claims him to be? So today, it's six Sundays, and we'll already be at Easter. It's hard to believe. We just started in our Bible study classes, a study of First and Second Thessalonians, and so I think it's a perfect time for us to spend a few weeks focus on focusing on who Jesus is and what Jesus is doing. And so in the next weeks leading up to Easter and after Easter, I want us to look at together Jesus, the one who God placed above all things, and to celebrate and to reflect on the truth that Jesus is alive, He's ascended sits at God's right hand. God has established him as supreme over all things, and he is active among his people, and he's active among the nations. And in fact, he is above all things. And this morning, I want us to think about the idea that because Jesus is above all things, we can trust in his hands. Now, you might look around and that could be in your own life or it could be around the world. And you might say, at least to some extent, that things seem to be out of control. The results of sin on our world have left the earth and man scarred and broken. And the truth of the matter is broken people do broken things. There exists in our world pain, evil, suffering. It's all around us. Yet in the midst of all these things, Jesus is still in control. And one day he's going to return. He's coming back to make all things new. And until then, we can trust in him to hold everything together, whether that's in our own life or in the world around us. And so as we look at these verses in Colossians, I want you to to think about this idea that because Jesus is Lord over all things, you can trust Him to hold everything together. So if Jesus is Lord over all things, then we can confidently put our faith in Him 
and trust Him to hold everything together. Now let's just read these verses in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20, and then we'll pray together. Listen to what Paul says about Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything He might be preeminent. For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of His cross. Let me pray with me. Jesus, thank You for Your presence here with us. Thank You for the truth of Your Word. Thank You that by Your blood You made peace. That God would be at peace with men. Men could be at peace with God. And Lord, you've given us this wonderful gift of salvation and peace. And we ask that in these moments we have, you would help us to focus on the the wonder and the majesty of the Lord Jesus, that you would help us to see that because he is above all things, he can hold all things together. We trust you to help us in this. Help us to focus our hearts and our minds. Teach us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So around this idea, I want us to to think about the idea, look at who Jesus is, what he does, that he is God, that he's over everything, and he holds everything together. That's the simple outline for today. So the first thing that you would see there that Paul mentions in verse 15 is that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. The firstborn of all creation he says there in verse 15 so jesus is more than a good man more than a great teacher more than a good prophet he's greater than angels in fact he is god see one of the reasons paul wrote this letter to the colossians was to address some false teaching of his day people were beginning to question if jesus was enough For them to receive salvation or if they needed something else. And so there were these teachers that would teach that people needed more than Jesus if they wanted to be saved. That there was a secret, hidden knowledge in the world that was the key to salvation. And that Jesus was good, but you needed something better if you wanted to be saved. And they began to attack what the scriptures taught about Jesus. They denied who Jesus was. Some people denied He was a God. Some people said He was just a spirit. He wasn't God and man at the same time. And they denied the truth of the gospel and they misled and confused people. And so Paul wrote letters like this to set the people right, to give them confidence in the truth. But if we look at the world today, Jesus is still a target for attack and misunderstanding. You'll still hear people say, oh, Jesus was just a a good man. Or he's not God. Or there surely has to be another way to be saved. 
or they doubt that he's in control. That things are left in our hands or up to something, you know, they call faith. And all of those things could be farther, couldn't be farther from the truth because the Bible is very clear that Jesus is God. And Paul uses two, uses a word. He says he's the image of the invisible God to describe that to us. And you can consider that two different ways. First, that Jesus is the perfect likeness of God. And that should be big G there. So in the Bible, that word image means to be an authentic reproduction or an exact likeness. Now, even the best copy machines or copiers can only make close likenesses. They can't make an exact copy. But Jesus was God in the flesh, that when you looked at Jesus, you saw God himself. And every bit of who he was, his nature, his being, was God. That's why the writer of Hebrews said that Jesus was the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature. So Jesus is truly God. He's not just an image of God. He's not just a a prophet. He is God himself. Jesus said in John 10 that, you know, that he and the Father were, were one. And in John 14, he tells us that if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. So Jesus is the exact imprint of who God is, but he's also a visible picture of God. See, God is spirit, and he's not visible to our human eyes. We see his effects in the world, and we feel his presence. But when Jesus came, Jesus made the invisible God visible to the world. And so we could say if we want to see who, what God looks like, we would look at Jesus. Just like you would look at a photograph to see who you know, a family member was. If we want to see Jesus, God, we look at Jesus. Now, one of the, the artists that works with Hillsong Worship, her name's Brooke Frazier, wrote these words about Jesus. The God we worship is Jesus. He is the image of the invisible God. And if we dare seek him for who he really is, rather than pursue an idea of him that fits in our tidy boxes, he'll blow our mind. see the image of Jesus that we see today is much too small. He's more than a friend. He's more than the good shepherd. He is Lord of all things. He is God himself because in Jesus, the power and majesty of God is revealed. And Jesus is the one that God gave all authority and power in heaven and on earth. And so he's not just the image of God. He is also Lord over all things. Now you see this. If you read in Colossians chapter 1, you see this word, all things, pop up over and over again. So I think it's important that we look at maybe what does it mean, all things. Well, all things, I'm not a grammar expert, but it means all things. So everything in the universe without exception. His. Things that are natural, 
things that are supernatural, things that you can see with your eyes, things you can't see with your eyes. Everything in creation, in the universe. That's what the Bible says Jesus is Lord over. And one of the reasons he's Lord over all things is because he existed before all things. You might see that phrase there in your Bible, firstborn of all creation. And when we think of firstborn, our minds immediately go to the oldest in a family, a firstborn child, a firstborn son. And certainly, Jesus is the son of the Father, but we have to also understand that Jesus wasn't created by God. He is God. And when that word firstborn appears, it just simply means that Jesus existed before creation and he'll continue to exist and never cease to exist and because of that place of prominence over creation he is above creation and so he existed before creation but also paul tells us that jesus created all things look at verse 16 by him all things were created in heaven and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities all things were created through him and for him. Now in this sentence, you'll notice several prepositions. Each one is important. That the universe was created by Jesus, through Jesus, and for Jesus. See, creation was by God's plan, the plan of God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It was His design, His concept, so it was by Him. See, Jesus, along with God, planned everything in creation. Nothing was left to chance. The things we see today weren't the result of evolution, no. It was because there was a Creator who had a plan and a design, and that design goes for you too because you were fearfully and wonderfully made but he also says it was through him through jesus that jesus was active in creation he was there john 1 verse 3 all things were made through him and without him was not anything made that was made so jesus took part in creation and it would not have happened apart from him but then paul also says it's for him Creation itself finds its ultimate purpose in Jesus. He's the end of creation. He's the goal of creation. Or you could simply just say it's all for Jesus. Curtis Vaughn, who was a professor at Southwestern Seminary and taught Greek for, for many years, um, wrote in a, a little study guide about Colossians that Christ is the end for which all things exist. He's the goal toward whom all things are intended to move. And all of creation is meant to serve His will, to contribute to His glory. And that everything, willingly or unwillingly, moves toward Jesus. And so since Jesus created all things, Paul wants us to understand that He is over all things. Now, I'm not much on big words, but I will introduce a word to you. I guess it's too big. It's three syllables, four syllables, 
and it might cost a nickel or 50 cents, maybe, I don't know. But the word is supremacy. Or we could say that Jesus is supreme over all things. Now, we have some understanding of what that means because we have a supreme court and we see some countries where there is a supreme ruler. But when we say Jesus is supreme or he has supremacy, we just simply mean he's above and over everything. There's no one higher or more powerful than he is. That he is the ultimate authority, the ultimate power in the universe. At the end of Colossians chapter 3, he says that Christ is all. So he has all authority. No one higher, no one greater than Jesus. Now to help us understand that, I want you to imagine um, if you were able to do this and if you were able to take a circle or make a circle around the entire universe. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, if you're young, you don't understand this, but we would get catalogs in the mail around Christmas, and my brother and I would go through the catalog, and we would circle, you know, what we wanted, you know, and that was mine, and, you know, he would circle what was his. But imagine if you could take, you know, a marker, a pen, whatever you want to use, and just draw a big circle around the entire universe. To help you understand supremacy, Jesus is greater than anything inside that circle. And Jesus rules over everything in that circle. It's all his, because everything in that circle belongs to him. Now, what would that mean to me or you? Well, one thing it could mean is because Jesus made the world and he made me, he is the one who gets to call all the shots. That he's the only one that's worthy of my praise, and my life matters and has purpose in him alone. Jesus is Lord, that's true, and he wants you and I and all of the world to recognize that and to surrender our life to him as Lord, to follow his lead. And when we begin to see Jesus in that way, that he controls everything, then it changes everything. Because since Jesus is more powerful than anything, I have nothing to fear. And since Jesus is above all things, I don't have anything to worry about. And because Jesus is supreme, I bring my my requests, I make my prayers known to him, directly to him, and let him deal with it. Now, I mentioned earlier, in the United States and in many other countries, there is a court called the Supreme Court. The greatest court in the land is what you'll hear in the United States. And their decisions are binding and they infect the entire country. And at least in the United States, there's not a higher court that you can appeal to. But when they rule on a case, everyone must abide by the decision. But if you're a follower of Jesus, It doesn't stop with the Supreme Court. There is a higher court that we can appeal to, and that is the court of heaven, because we have a great high priest who's seated at the right hand of the Father, and we make our requests known to God in his name. Heaven and earth move, because he is above all things. You see, when we catch a notion of what it means to see that Jesus is supreme, when we catch the idea that when we pray prayers according to His will, for His glory, for His kingdom, that He begins to move in heaven and earth, 
then it will change your morning quiet time. It will change your prayer life. Because no matter what situation you're going through or what you're facing, you can trust in His hands. He'll hold on to you. He'll fight for you. Nothing in the world happens apart from His hand. And He'll never, ever let go of you. Jesus is above all things, but he also holds all things together. Look at verse 17. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. What in the world could that mean? Well, at least one part of that means that everything stays in the right place because of Jesus. Without Jesus, everything would just fall apart. Now, if you had like a camera or if you were to sit across the street from my house in the afternoons, you would see an almost comical um, episode at least three or four days a week where I try to get everything from my truck into the house at one time. It's kind of this silly goal of mine to try to do it without making a second trip. So most days, both hands are full. Books are piled on top of books. Usually there's a cup or something on top that's precariously balanced. I have keys, mail, notebook. All kinds of stuff. And most times, I realize I can't hold it all. A piece of mail slips out to the ground. The keys drop. My cup falls, and it's frustration. And as I bend down to pick up one thing, something else falls. You laugh because you probably try to do that, or maybe you've seen me do that. I don't know. But you would probably agree that life is much more complicated than unloading my truck at the end of the day. I mean, just last week alone, my head was swimming with all sorts of stuff. I had a to-do list for things I needed to do with the family, things I needed to do at our farm, things I needed to do at church. I had concerns for our community. I had the, the crisis in Ukraine. And then I had this one worry of, will we ever see baseball again? And before I I knew it, I soon realized something. I can't hold it all together. But whether it's stuff coming in from your car or whether it's the things that are floating around in your mind, there's good news. Jesus never expected you to hold it all together because he's the one that holds everything together. Everything's in his hands. And when he holds the world and he holds you, it's a display of his infinite power And He is at the very center of everything. And so we pictured a circle. Now I want you to to picture a dot or just a a point um, in, in the world to introduce another word, and that word is centrality. Now it may have been a while since you studied um, the, um, the planets. But I think you would probably be able to agree with me that the sun is at the center of our solar system. And if you ever went to Walmart or the craft store and bought a styrofoam ball and had your mom or dad try to help you paint it yellow and realize that spray paint would melt a uh, styrofoam ball, then you realize that the sun was the center of those planets. All the other planets revolve around the sun. And the sun's gravitational pull keeps the earth, specifically, and the other planets, but it keeps the earth just at the right distance. 
Because if we were a little bit closer than we are right now, it'd be really hot. And we would burn up. But if we were a little further out, it would be way too cold and everything would freeze. See, the earth needs the sun at the center of our solar system to keep things the way they should be. Because if it wasn't there, we wouldn't survive. And in the same way, if we want our lives to work the way God plans or intends, we must have Jesus at the center of our lives. All our life should be wrapped around Him, who He is and what He does. Everything in our lives must revolve around Him. It's His plans, His goals, His glories. And if our life revolves around anything else, whether it's ourself, our career, or our family, if it's anything but Jesus, we are in dire trouble. And there's no way we'll survive. Another way of looking at this is you think about the very center portion of a wheel, that part that hooks onto the axle. It's called a, a hub, and it connects the axle to the wheel. And without a hub, the wheel's going to have a hard time staying together. In fact, it connects and helps it to spin. And we need Jesus like the sun. We need Jesus like the hub at the center of our wheel transforming us from the inside out, empowering us with what we need to live each day and helping us keep everything in the right place. Now, now right now it's 1140 and you might say, well, my life's kind of out of sorts. I meet myself coming and going. I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I'm, I'm a wreck. You could say that. Nothing just seems to be right. Problems are all around me. Things hurt. Things don't work. I don't know how I'm going to do this or pay for this. You go to the gas station and you, you watch um, the, the prices almost on a revolving um, dial increasing. You see grocery store prices increasing. You see, you know, what's going on in Ukraine and you wonder, you know, are we headed toward you know, war? Is this the end? And maybe you just break down and say, I can't hold it all together. Well, my encouragement for you this morning is this. Is because Jesus is Lord over all things, you, you can trust him to be the one to hold everything together inside you, inside your family, in your community, in your world. And so as we close this morning, I just want to ask you two questions for you to reflect on. The first is, is just simply this. Is Jesus the center of your life? And if so, He wants you to wrap your life around all that He is. You know, in the Bible, it talks both about being in Christ and about Christ being in us. It's a relationship that that God wants to have with us that takes in all of our life, where He holds us. He helps us hold all things together. And if you're not able to say that, you know, the question that comes after that is, what do you think it would take for you to 
to get there. If Jesus is not at the center, what would it take? For some, it's that first step of commitment of saying, you know, I've never made this commitment by Jesus today. I'm trusting in you to be my Lord and Savior. For other people, it's taking that step of saying, okay, Jesus, I'm going to get out of the driver's seat and stop trying to do things my way. You showed me in all the world that I'm really not the center of everything. The world doesn't revolve around me. It revolves around you. So, Jesus, I'm giving you that place. And so that's question one. Is Jesus the center of your life? And then the second part is, are you living like Jesus is above all things? There's a word that's connected to our faith, and that's the word hope. And if you haven't noticed, one of the things that this world can always use is a healthy dose of hope. But when our minds tend to lose sight of the fact that Jesus is above all things, we tend to move toward things like worry and panic and control and doubt. But let me remind you, nothing is outside of His control. Remember that circle, it covers everything. It covers war, it covers pain, it covers sickness, it covers your sin, my sin. All those things are subject to Him and under Him. He is above all and He rules all. And when things look out of control, please remember this. You can always trust in His hands. He'll never give up. He'll never let go. He's above all things. Will you pray? Jesus, we come before you at the the end of our, our time together. And we begin to grasp a picture of who you are and what you do our our hearts should just be filled with praise, overwhelmed with awe at your glory that you've always been and you always will be you are the creator of all things and that you spoke and it was you came to to earth to be our sin sacrifice that you died on the cross to be our redeemer you rose from the dead as our victor and you ascended to heaven to be exalted to that position at the right hand of the father as lord of all lord help us to see that that you are lord of all and that you reign and rule in the heavens And while we endure the hardships of this day and of our lives, Lord, you never, ever leave us. And everything is under your control and in your grasp. And nothing happens apart from you. Lord, help us to have confidence and hope and trust in you. When we don't feel good, when we don't feel like it, when we worry, when we doubt, help us to run to you and see that you are above all things in your hands. You'll never let us go. So in this morning, God, in this time this, that we have of response, 
point it would be just a recommitment of of our lives of our of our concerns of our doubts of our fears of our problems of our struggles of our sin to you and Lord we would see that you are above all things we would see that you are trustworthy and we can trust in your hand and so God whether we're running to you for the first time and saying Lord I want to trust you as Savior and Lord if we're coming back to you to receive the the comfort of your embrace the security and the firmness of the grasp that you have Lord help us to see today Lord the need we have to make you the sinner and to truly live like you are above all things and we trust you to help us in that in the name of Jesus we pray Amen we're going to stand in just a second and have opportunity to, to sing together but also to respond and as we usually make it a custom, that's an opportunity for you to, to respond to what the Lord may have been saying to you or speaking to you. And that can look like many different things. It can look like just quietly reflecting where you are. It can look like kneeling there in your place. You can come down to the front and, and, and make a commitment to the Lord. You can ask someone next to you to pray with you or pray for you. I'll be at the front if you need someone to speak with. Maybe today's the day that God just said, hey, I want you to to recognize the truth that I am Lord of all and I'm Lord of your life and to submit to that and receive the gift of salvation. Or maybe there's just a, a wagon load of burdens that you need to unload to the one who can hold it all. And I pray you would trust in him today. Would you join me in standing and singing and listening and responding?
Thursday's our Ladies Connect meeting, and it says in the bulletin that we start at 6. That's my fault because I didn't let Dawn know. We're meeting at 6.30 this month because um, we have a, a special guest coming, um, and she's going to be sharing with us. She was in the mission house. Um, she was a missionary in Kazakhstan. You may remember them, um, and my mind is about Julie um, Nesbitt. Thank you. I've been in the nursery. I'm sorry. Um, Julie Nesbitt, and um, she is a counselor, and I asked her to come share with us. You know, it's really good for us to hear from teachers and people with the gift of teaching, but sometimes it's really awesome to hear from somebody with the gift of counseling. And so I've asked her just to come and share whatever the Lord puts on her heart. And um, so we're going to be meeting here Thursday night in the sanctuary at 630, and I would encourage you to come and bring a friend. I think it's going to be a time of great encouragement because she is just such a positive person and and I think she's just going to have some a good word for us. And so I really encourage you to come and be a part of that th- this Thursday at 630. Thanks, Deborah. I just want to thank everyone for, for worshiping this morning. It's been good to be in the house of the Lord. And I just encourage you to just to keep... At, in the front of your mind, the fact that Jesus is the center of all things and he's Lord over all things. And if you catch a glimpse of that, then um, we catch a glimpse of who he is. It will, it will change the way that we live our, our lives for him and the way we pray and the way that we reach out to others. We just join in standing this morning. And um, as we stand together, we're going to sing a song. And when we begin to sing, we're, uh, we'll be dismissed. So Lord bless you. Hi.